my quarterback. Welcome to the Barely Educated Podcast. I am Chris Teichler, your co-host, along with the other smarter, wiser co-host. We'll get into that in a bit here. Dr. Murphy. But you're the more talented. Well, you're the more talented. Music, I guess. With a much better voice. (laughs) Thanks. So there's that. Mark is home today. So I have a kid with strep. Oh, but she's pretty much fine. She had it yesterday more so than today. No fever or anything now. I mean, they can give you the antibiotics and whoop that thing in like a day, but you still don't rush her back because you don't want to give it to other kids. Yeah. So she's fine. So my wife, my sweet, loving wife, texts me and asks me how she's doing. This is at like 830. And I'm like, she's fine. No fever. I just took it. She seems to have... You know, her normal pep in her step or whatever I said. And she's like, oh, good. And proceeds to give us a list of chores. Oh, no. So this is this text has to be one of the dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> and now I am happy to stop the chores because I had this all-important podcast appointment. That's right. Still my understand. feet and my back hurt. It's like I went shopping at a mall. I, <laughs> I go to a mall, every joint starts to hurt. It's like, ugh, which I haven't done in like five years. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so it's 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 fine though. We're good. The floor looks very nice. Excellent. So there's that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, we uh oh. we are having a good day, and now she's off upstairs doing her quiet time. Oh wow, very nice. There's something going around. My whole family got sick except me somehow. Um, the, gonna... every time anyone gets sick, that's the case around here. I just never get it. I, I have like a steel immune system. Well, I don't that's know what me knocking on wood. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I had to lean out of frame to find a bookshelf. That I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's don't like know. my only superstition. I think <laughs> I do that like every time. I might be jinxing myself. I'm like, ah, gotta knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad she's feeling so, better. My uh. My kids are almost all out of the woods now, but yeah, I didn't get anything. It's weird. Watch me tonight, like come down with something. But <laughs> no post game pod this week. Fields played, but Chris is dying. Love <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> the Jinx. On that note, though, seriously, the programming note. I've always wanted to have an excuse to say that. <laughs> programming note. It's my fault. We did not have a post game pod, everyone, because I refused to give a. Game in the this particular season any attention if Justin Fields didn't play? Does do we really need to break down a thirty-one to ten beatdown? All I'm going to say is this is what you get when Superman's not out there in his cape. Yeah, and you see just how empty the roster is and bare the cupboard is. No pun intended. I guess I have two more things. Maybe yeah. yeah. I liked that Justin talked about the check down that went for like 30 yards and said he learned from seeing how effective that could be because we have talked several times about taking the easy throws and not always holding the ball to try to go down the field. Although I do not want him to become less aggressive. He does need to learn to do that. And so that was nice to hear. And I don't want him doing this all the time, but Simeon did throw the occasional jump ball to Claypool. And I think Justin's going to have to learn – the NFL open thing. That whole thing is like the other big thing I want to see from him. So that's all I got from that game. I think it's safe to say that um, 
yeah, like Fields definitely could hopefully pick up on a couple of those things like, oh, look, you can throw it to the guy and let him try to make a play. I think the uh, uh, the Byron Pringle touchdown was the uh, opposite. Example. The, <laughs> that was not a good throw, That, but he made a Pringle made a really good play on it. So and go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, hopefully he learns from that, that, okay, my guys are able to go up and try to make a play on the ball if they don't look open to me yet. So, yeah, those, the, the touchdown to Pringle was an amazing play by Pringle, yes. which is great to see, I suppose. Yeah, but absolutely. that's actually not the kind of throw I want him to make because it's it's nine oh, nine yeah. out of ten times at red zone turnover. I don't mean that but, kind of, like that throw that situation, but just the idea that w- there's a receiver that can make a play on the ball that maybe you can rely on to actually catch the ball when previously yeah. you've been hitting guys in the hands. And then they drop it, and then you get blamed for not being able to lead a fourth quarter. Right, yeah. And I think the other one is something we saw last night. The other thing I want Justin to learn as the season ends here, he Josh Allen's little sideline play that was so fun, which he's done before, by the way, the whole jump before I go out of bounds and throw it thing. Did you see that highlight? Oh, I did not. I didn't watch the game last he's, night. He, he shrugs off a sack. He's along the sideline. He kind of jumps and throws a kind of – still on the right side of the field. The whole thing is on the right side of the field, mm-hmm. but his throw, it has to veer a little left and it's the opposite of his momentum, right? Textbook. Don't try this at home. Kids kind of mm-hmm. throw, but he throws the receiver open for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The receiver has to go to his right, like a couple yards to get to the ball. Whereas if he threw it on the guy, it's totally intercepted. And so Alan's like, there's a space right here. My guy can get to it. So he threw him open. I would like to see that skill as well. Because I think Fields has all the skills. He's just got to do it in the NFL. I also think it's a little complicated because I recognize sort of the inherent stupidity of being like, well, I hope he learned from that watching it live. Like like he doesn't already know that you can sometimes get a 30-yard gain to a running back. Okay. I hope it's more like it had a little bit more sticking power yes. seeing it with the guys on his team. Because right. obviously conceptually he already understands that. It's just Like David Montgomery's best asset is the passing game. He's a really good blocker, and he's got good hands. He's not a great runner. He's a tough runner. Tough runner. Okay, I see your difference. Okay, he doesn't have enough speed to be an elite running back. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's a really good third down back, and that's probably not what he wants to be. But I think that's the truth of it. Yeah, he he will not go down on first contact. That's that's uh, his other trait. Uh-huh. But he doesn't have. I mean, we see how much faster Herbert is when he's in there, and they miss him. Oh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Then then there's all the news coming out of the game that I, I don't consider part of analyzing the game, just acknowledging it. Namely, the terrible two season ending injuries to Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Mooney's could have happened anywhere. He got rolled up on. Thank goodness it's an ankle, not an ACL. Yeah. Or Achilles. Eddie Jackson's is a non-contact because that turf is the crappiest turf in the league. And they're about to get sued for it. So I think the NFL has the money. They need to invest whatever it costs per stadium to get all seven of the stadiums using that turf to change it. Because Eddie Jackson is in a back pedal and suffers a Liz Franck injury. Yeah, it, it, on the replay... And the, everybody's blaming the turf that knows this stuff, so I assume they're right. Yeah, right, right. And on the, the replay of that, yeah, he's just he's sitting on the ground as the receiver runs by him, and at the moment, that's a TD. What the heck happened? Yep, yeah, that cost the TD. Yep, absolutely. So, um, thankfully, Alice Frank is not a kiss of death. The recovery rate's really good. 
It's like 90% return to form. Achilles is actually much worse. I saw another study. I, I tweeted out one study about it. I saw another one that was doing a, a study on running backs because whatever, whichever running back it was recently that had one. And it was like, again, all but a, one or two were 100% fine within a year. So and what the ones is... who weren't were like still NFL players. So, I mean, it's possible that he doesn't quite get to 100%, but it's not a kiss of death at all what from is that the... research. What is the actual injury or where is it? It's on your foot. It could be either bone or ligament. And I don't think the team has um, said yet. Okay. Um, so I think it's like the arch, the foot he, um, area. Hmm. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure on that. I just looked up their recovery and found a couple of sources, like really hardcore scientific studies comparing NFL players. The one that I tweeted was from like 2016. Yeah. Which means you need even a few more years of getting better. I know it's easy for us to go, oh, no, Mike Brown. Yeah, it's It's like ancient history in medicine 20 years it really ago is. Yeah. <laughs> you know so like i think it don't jump to that conclusion it's it's still the bears and their luck is of course usually dreadful on everything but they're right. not the bulls luck shout out to lonzo ball's knee which apparently is forever going to be injured but eddie jackson's injury is not a kiss of death anymore at all it would be the he would be the outlier if he were not to recover and play well again. Yeah, that's but good. the other thing here is Mooney and Eddie are kind of in interesting situations with their contracts. You know, I love to do the GM stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really my favorite stuff to talk about after Fields, I guess. Yeah. And you know, Mooney, you would have you would have been trying to extend him this off season, probably. Now, yeah. what do you do? I think you still do. Maybe. But his production is going to look terrible. Yeah, but... I was thinking they might do something like a year or two, and then he gets to bet on himself and come up again instead of like a big extension, like a smaller one. Say, hey, you're hurt. We want to pay you because you've earned it. This is a guy who was not drafted high enough to be like filthy rich already. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Would he Would he have some interest in getting the guaranteed millions for a shorter deal and then doing the bigger deal after with the team? I don't know. Eddie's under contract for two more years, so I don't think it's near as difficult with him. Yeah, they'd probably wait on that. But Mooney's kind of interesting. And this is going to be very interesting to see who Poles wants to extend out of that group of Mooney, Komet, Johnson. And Whitehair has, what, one year left? But his cap hit's pretty large. I wouldn't be too surprised if he's cut just for that. But they got all the money in the world, so they don't really need to. Anyway. I don't know. I I mean, white hair is not a great line. But then you don't want another hole in the line. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So, but but I was really thinking more in terms of the young guys. Um, you're, you're I kinda... think the guy I would extend right now to that batch, well, I'd do what I just suggested with Mooney or try it and then commit. Yeah. I don't. I honestly don't know about Jalen Johnson. He, he hmm. misses enough games that I'm a little bit, eh. And I know he's our best corner, so I'm not getting yeah. rid of him. But I might, I might want to see another year of him to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's fair. He does uh, miss a few games each of his first three seasons so far. And I'm not holding the Lions game against him when he was clearly hurt. Yeah, but and yeah, they had him out there playing hurt, and you can see where I'm going to go with this segue. What do you do? What do you want him to do with Justin Fields? Let's get to the topic that most matters. Real, real quick on Komet, I would say he has taken oh, tremendous, tremendous step forward this season, which has been great to see. Which, to your credit, sir, when they drafted him, 
you said you're going to need two to three years to really see what he can be. Yep. And you we, were absolutely we, right, my friend. Tight end is apparently the one of the hardest positions to transition to in the NFL, which makes sense because they do so much in both running and passing game. It's yeah. like quarterback, tight end that tend to take longer than normal. And the quarterbacks a few years ago kind of sort of spoiled everyone with how good they were right out of the gate. Yeah. And yep. I can't really think of a tight end who's done that recently. Yeah. Like I dominated right out of the gate year one. Mike Ditka, my friend. <laughs> there you go. Famous bear number 89. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Can you think of a tight end that oh. was like, wow, he was really good right away. Was Kelsey that good right away? I think it took him to like year three. He was like a third round pick. Tony Gonzalez? That's too long. I don't know. I mean, that's that gets to be not that recent anymore. Kellen Winslow Jr. Maybe with touchdowns, but he was yeah. he had so many off the field things going yeah. on. That's a, I mean again, that's a while ago, right? Like that's not that well, recent. Regardless, that's proving your point. Even yeah, more. Greg Olson wasn't great the first year. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so yeah, okay. So to Fields Justin and Fields. all the things that get connected to this decision. Yes, he was a full participant in practice yesterday, basically ten days after the injury. And the, there's been the assumption from the talking heads that because he was a full participant, he is playing. Is that... I don't know if you would you get in trouble with the league if you say he's a full participant and then don't play him. Aren't there rules about how you report the injuries and stuff? I don't know. I can't remember how it all shakes out. Because remember, they put all this stuff in because of Belichick saying everybody was questionable like every right. game. <laughs> Which that's just great. That's like my favorite Bill Belichickism. Right. Well, you know, they're all kind of hurt. <laughs> He's probably not wrong either. Well, um, I'm seeing here that Sterling Weatherford was a full participant. Participant. Does that mean he has to play? Well, he may have to because of injury, but. Well, I thought there was a different rule regarding quarterbacks. Even. Oh, okay. Because I know that, that Coachy McCoacherson is all about the, the gamesmanship. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Let's get Justin a full practice in the, there somewhere. <laughs> like, I can totally see that. But I'm like, wait, would they get in trouble? What is the rule? The league changes this stuff so much. I mean, I can't even tell you what pass interference is at this Ugh. point, nor a catch, and no, neither can anyone else. So you got me as to whether there's a – whether they're risking something by saying let's have him practice but not play, but I think everyone's assuming full practice means playing for good reason. Mm-hmm. So, do you think he should play, or do you want him to play? Oh boy, oh boy, uh, this is my meatball half colliding with my rational half because <laughs> the bye week is next week. I want him better. I want him healed. I want him 100% to uh, finish out the season. But, man, the Bears. it's Green Bay at home, man. And the Bears. Obviously, I want the Bears to beat the Packers. It's been a while, and it's been rare. But also, what could that do for, if they did pull it off somehow, what would that do for the psyche of Fields and these younger guys who are going to be around for a while just to slay the dragon, you know? If it's possible. But... I don't know. I don't put much stock into that stuff because okay. you're only as good as your next game. You suck, Chris. Get back to me when we see how the Jaguars do after their big comeback over the Ravens. Maybe it is a thing. 
I don't think there's a whole lot of evidence that it matters year to year. Okay. And this year's already sunk because, you know, it, it doesn't they, they're going to be three and 14 or five and 12, whatever they're going to be. And Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles are going to get up there before the draft and talk about how what they're building is going to be good. And it just takes time. And they had put important pieces into place. Then they're going to get up there in August and they're going to talk about the new start and the fresh season and that they're competing for the division. No one's going to be like. Yeah, we're three and fourteen last year, and if we just held on against the Lions, I would really think we had a strong team this year. Like oh, the yeah, idea yeah. that year to year has any impact is totally preposterous. I agree with that. I'm just so about this this one game, this one team, this one place, this one quarterback. Like okay. if it, if it wasn't that's what I'm building towards. Oh, okay. So I would submit to you. A few different things. There's a lot going on with this decision because we all sort of have to admit, too, that it's lumped into the should they lose out to have the number two pick conversation. So I'm trying to not merge too much, but I think it's almost inevitable. I don't think – I think it would be best for this team in the long term – to make sure that Justin Fields is 100% healthy. Yeah, Agreed. Do you think they're doing that? After 10 days. If, I mean, I I want to say no, realistically. <laughs> but yeah. if he's full in practice, maybe he maybe he is, but I, I doubt it. Just the reason I ask is I think there's kind of like three layers here. Uh-huh. And I think there's one layer that's almost unanimous. Almost. If he can actually risk injuring it further because he's not giving it enough time then I think starting him is absolutely, totally moronic. If he could hurt it just because he could hurt it again whenever, right, and it wouldn't matter if it was this week or two weeks from now or next year, then shrug your shoulders, okay? If, though, he's going to be limited in his effectiveness, then you get to the third layer just within Justin's injury Mm -hmm. where you're like, well, then what's the point? So I don't know where we're at. Because Justin's going to want to play. Of course. And good franchises have this mixture between understanding that football players are going to get hurt and when they can go, they go, and also protecting an injured player from himself. There's this weird fine line that's really hard to sit here and figure out because we're not in the room and we're not the trainer and the doctors. I do not like the head coach saying they leave it up to players normally. I feel like that makes it real easy to have this culture of BS tough guyism. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a weak take from the coach. I want people in charge to be smart enough to say, you're still not right, or you need to give it more time so we don't risk re-injury. We're going to sit you, which was what they did last week. And I'm a little bit worried that it's the most bears thing ever no offense to the meatball part of you to say, yeah, but it's the Packers. Now he plays. Do you think he's playing if it's the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, I think he would want to, but probably less pressure from the uh, rest yeah. of the position. Yeah, that's well said. So that type of thinking, oh, it's the Packers. He needs to. We need to try to force this. If they're doing that, I don't know that they are. They're too cagey in their comments. Okay, they don't give you a straight answer. But if they're doing that, I I hate I hate it. Because beating the Packers this year doesn't mean anything for your Super Bowl 
season, whenever that is. In fact, it hurts it because the best thing that this team franchise can do is secure the number two pick. And nobody that wants to win Sunday wants to hear this. I understand that. I'm sorry. But this win doesn't do anything nearly as tangible for you as getting the number two pick and trading it for a haul. And you think that's what they would do with the number two pick? Probably. Or pick the best defensive player in the draft, which Mm -hmm. they obviously could use. I think so, yes. So that's way better for your future, and your now is already sunk. That said, he can play and they can easily still lose. So, like, that's where you can you can you can clearly make a distinction at some point there. But um, we'll come back to the whole tank thing in a second. But I don't want him playing unless the medical green light is you are not at risk of further injury now versus two weeks from now. If he is, I think it's stupid to play him in this particular season. If you are still in contention, mm-hmm. totally different conversation. What were the – didn't Eberflus say there were three criteria for Justin? One was yeah. medical, one was how him. he felt. And then he and then the coach and GM, right, or something like that? Yes, yes, yes. That's it, yeah. So – Based but on I think that, you're right about your pressure to play against Green Bay thing. Yeah, I and I said this a couple weeks ago on our on our show, and you know, thinking about it more, what if uh, you know George is saying, you know, guys, my mom's getting older; she really wants to see us beat the Packers sometime, you know, before I don't know. I could see that being. I will put nothing past them with their. <laughs> thinking on something like that i just won't like there's too much history where we do something really stupid in those because, regards because the mccaskies are meatballs they are yeah they are yeah. they're and they're good people compared to uh-huh. most billionaire nfl owners oh, i'm glad ours is not an embarrassment off the field oh yes oh. and if we had a player tragically die i can guarantee you the memorial for him would not be the old uniform on a mannequin what a disaster that Which is. is, by the way, because Snyder never wanted to change the nickname. And at one point, he basically said, I'll never change it over my dead body. Then he gets a chance to memorialize a guy who wore it. And what does he do? Just the uniform. Yeah. Guy's awful. That was yes. terrible. Anyway, yes. side point. Justin, yeah. So I'm not trying to throw too much grief at the McCaskies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And saying, man, this is so bears if he plays for no reason. And I would still sit him through the bye, probably. But again, if the doctors are saying that little scenario I gave you, that is a little different to me. I don't think you can put him in bubble wrap for the season. Mm -hmm. I think you can question if the reps are even worth it with the kind of pass reps he gets. Like the line is so bad at pass pro when everyone knows they need to pass and he's not got anything left to prove as a runner. Yeah. Right. So you can question that, but I mean, players play, I'm not going to go that far with it. I would, I would totally understand it if they did shut him down, but I'm not advocating for it. I am very hopeful that they'll get the number two pick because of the franchise altering potential that it has. When you've already got a QB, there's a really good chance that we are dead and in the grave before this team franchise has a chance to do that again, where they're sitting there with the pick that valuable with the QB already on the roster. It's so rare. That's any team, not just the bears. Yeah. Yeah, It's so rare. So I want to be able to maximize that. Now, can I indulge my little tiny bit of meatball that I might have? Yes. I know this is to make you happy. If like a good little ancient Greek, I went to the Oracle of Delphi and I said, what's going to happen for the rest of the way for the bears? How many wins will they finish the season with? And the Oracle told me 
four. And I'd say, no, I want them to win three. It's out of your hands. They're going to win one more. But you can choose the game. <laughs> this is the game I definitely would pick. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> but I would not pick it over having the chance to do the trade scenario with the number two pick. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> there. That's a little bitty miniature meatball indulgence. Well, and how funny is it that at this point in the season, this is the most winnable game for them? I mean, who would have thought? I, that? Unless Minnesota's resting everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy because you're not. And I'm, I'm sorry, all the Packers fans being like, oh, the Bears are celebrating how bad they are. Like, look, you're trying to contend for a Super Bowl and you have one more win than the Bears who are mm-hmm. trying to tear it out and rebuild. Yep. Do not go there. Yep. Your season is a much more spectacular failure than the Bears, mm-hmm. period. Absolutely. Yeah, because the Bears, they're not going to beat Philly or Buffalo. Nope, they're they both be still playing. We lost to Detroit in Chicago and Detroit. Detroit's playing good now. They are. They're talented in They're certain key positions. And kicking people in the teeth. And... We're going to kick you in the teeth. They've yeah. got a great wide receiver. Yeah. A good running game, a good offensive line, and at least one stud on the defensive line. I mean, they're not by any means a championship caliber or anything, but they are. It wouldn't surprise me in a couple years if the Bears and Lions are the ones duking it out for the division. Wow, what a flip that would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you seen the stats on the yards? I, I got to look this back up. Hang on. Yeah. Because it's it's pretty remarkable. They, need uh, to be that, they might be the one of the teams that would be willing to trade to uh, get that second pick for a quarterback. Yeah, and they've got a good haul that you would be interested in. And mm-hmm. you can do the whole in the division tax with the Lions. <laughs> and then you just hope they get the QB wrong. Yeah. All right, so Cousin Nate sent me this, and Cousin we Nate. talked about it. There's a shout-out, first of the show, from Mark Potash. Potsy, by the way, deserves some credit for being an old guy who's not a crusty old fart <laughs> about all the topics that drive us nuts in the media. Mm-hmm. Right? He's totally in the camp that says Fields is good and all these kind of things. At any rate, he says, never underestimate the mediocrity of the NFL. In the Bears' current five-game losing streak, get this, Chris, they lead the NFC North in total defense. He's going yards per game. I don't. That's not the best metric. DVOA is better. Right. But it's still really hilarious that the that defense that we've been watching for over a month is the best per yards per game over that time period in the division. Bears 100 or 378 a game. Packers are second. That's crazy. 390.4. Philly just put 360 up on the ground. That's a real shame. <laughs> the Vikings are third at 398. I keep saying it. That defense is going to bite them in the playoffs. They're one of the weirdest teams ever with a record like this because they keep winning close games and their defense stinks. Mm -hmm. And then the Lions still give up a whopping 417 per game. In this run where we're all like, hey, Lions playing not half bad. And we're like, the Bears defense is trash. In that, that run of games, though, we have a pick six that hurts the Bears defense by points. It's not their fault. We have a, a kickoff return. Yep. That isn't the Bears' defense. So there's a few things in there that maybe the defense – I mean, the defense isn't good. Don't get me wrong. But isn't yeah, that wild? So division's in a weird place. Yeah. All right. Well, let's assume Justin plays. Okay. Bears, Packers, noon on Sunday at Soldier's Field. Soldier Fields. Fields. Soldier's Fields. 
<laughs> Nathan Peterman is the backup. Apparently, Simeon is the QB that's actually hurt everyone. That's funny. <laughs> Bears are now only getting three points. I think Justin News moved it like two and a half. That's for wow. you, Buddy Brian. Buddy Brian. Also, stay away. Yes. <laughs> Don't bet the Bears anymore, anyone. Mm -hmm. All right. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Green Bay 27, Bears 21. That okay. is my pick. I also predict the Packers to win. Not some more pain in the rivalry for us. They finally get it done and get their stupid win to take the record, which we'll just take back next year. That's right. I'm I'll not worried about that. Yep. The Bears just can't defend the run either, and that's one thing Green Bay's offense that's is right. doing really well that's all right. year. They seem to have found something in Watson, at least oh, in the boy. red zone. Oh, boy. And that he slant was... he took to the house was all Watson, by the way. But No, it was Jordan Love, my friend. <laughs> you stopped it. <laughs> I'll say Green Bay, since Fields is playing, I'll say Green Bay 31, Bears 26 or 7 okay. or something like that. I like uh, it. Sounds about right. Uh, and then we'll have sport... all the stupid stories about Rodgers owning the Bears and all the – I don't want to watch this because the broadcast is going to be insufferable. Yeah. At least it's not Collinsworth. Am I right? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's absolutely right. Ah, gosh. Oh, he's terrible. Kill. Um, Detroit, they host Jacksonville. Jacksonville favored by a point. Two, four, and seven teams. Yeah, uh, Lawrence is starting to click, seems like. He is. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, like, I'd see them in that one. I'd see Jacksonville win in that one. Okay. I'll take Detroit just to be different. Gotcha. It'll be interesting to follow that whole Lawrence's big comeback win, that narrative for QBs and all that stuff. But I'll take Detroit just because they're at home. Uh, who's Minnesota play? Minnesota. New York Jets. Ooh, that's a juicy matchup. Minnesota at home favored by three against the Jets. Yeah, I like uh, Minnesota there. I think they're the better team, and the Jets are not playing the Bears defense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's another story from this week. Everybody going crazy over Mike White. Like, NBC leading the halftime show with Mike White's performance. Like, gee, pander to the New York market more, guys. Absolutely. Give me a break. Who's the Bears Absolutely. defense. They're, everyone looks good against them right now. Mm -hmm. That said, he's better for them than Wilson because he's a more stable presence. I don't think they yeah. can win this game on the road, but I don't think Minnesota's that good because their defense is so unreliable. But I'll still take Minnesota. Just I I do think they're better. But man, that defense sure gives up a lot of points late, and and they somehow keep winning. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think it hurts them that much until the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. There's at least a couple other juicy matchups this week, though. It's a lot better slate than last, I think. Uh, Tennessee seven and four, always like good seven and four. So quietly, I feel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. at ten and one, Philly. That'll be a good one. Because of the styles, right? It's the whole right. styles make fights stuff. Yep. And but the, I'll take Philly. I think they're still better. Okay. Yeah. And they're at home. That would be a really a more interesting game, I think, if it was the other way around as far as the home team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think on the average, a seven and four AFC team is a is a better team than a nine and one NFC team. <laughs> at least this yeah. year. You know, just the strength of the Yeah, team. I mean, I think 7-4 and four in the AFC means more than it would in the NFC, but I think Philly's still too good. Yeah, that's well. Here's here's a good one, too. Man, Miami 8-3 and three at the 7-4 and four 49ers. Ooh, yes. 
I love this one because that Niners D has not given up a second half TD in like seven games. Unbelievable. And Miami's, of course, got the explosive weapons. Yeah. Now, San Francisco is the poster child for the average quarterback game manager with excellence around him. Yes. Way of winning. I don't think that works consistently, but man, that sure looks pretty promising for them this year. I think they could win the conference on the strength yeah. of the defense and their weapons. Mm-hmm. You know what I would give to have Samuel and Kittle? Forget the running game. Forget their running backs. Just give me Debo and Kittle. Hey, they don't use Kittle that much, and he loves the Bears. I love the Bears. I mean, let's maybe have a talk about that in the offseason. Yeah. I... Mr. Lynch, John Lynch, still the GM. Did you throw a right? couple yeah. draft picks for George Kittle? If we can trade some and then... You know, if we can trade our pick and then use some of those picks to acquire a star, yeah, that's what the Dolphins did. Mm-hmm. That's what exactly the Eagles what they did. did. Mm-hmm. Those two teams are what I want. <laughs> that's why yeah. I keep coming back to this because there's two good examples of it working well. Exactly. And then another good matchup is Kansas City at Cincinnati. A yeah, I, I – I mean, I like Kansas City. They look like the the best. I mean, of- I I'm not picking against the Chiefs anytime soon. Yeah. They're gonna have to like play like crap once to do it because right now they're just looking good on all sides. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes is, it, he's basically the MVP without anyone yep. wanting to say it for some reason. It's like not even close, honestly. Yep. It won't be that long if he keeps this up. Where not voting for Mahomes for MVP is giving Charles Barkley the MVP. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like at this yeah. point, he's every year should probably win it, and they'll just get bored. Or Carl Malone's had that problem. Bonds had that problem. Carl Malone got one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible. I love Charles Barkley, but Terrible. come on, Jordan was the MVP every year. If you're actually eat the beat. only picking based on performance and not sentimentality and all these other things. So yeah, give me the Chiefs. But did you know over the last two years, the highest rated QB in the NFL? Joe Burrow. Oh, I did not know that. He's a stud. That's that's a fun team. I like both those teams come playoff time too. But as good as Burrow's been, Mahomes still has basically 400 more yards and six more touchdowns. Yeah, and Burrow... That's just through the air. I don't have their rushing stats on me right now, but... Burrow definitely is better when Chase is on the field, too. What? Are you stupid or something? You idiot! I'm not a smart man. But I've been impressed with how he's played without him. Yeah. He killed the Titans without him. That's a really good defense. You suck, Chris. Yeah, they got awesome weapons. Again, another team that you would love to see borrow a concept from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean two or three guys that are going to be a pain to cover and let the quarterback go to work well did justin ever play with uh the ohio state receiver that's what's his name uh, olave no he's a, the saints he did coming out now he's coming out this year oh jackson smith that's him yeah he's been hurt all year his draft stock is going to be really interesting to see but i did, think most people project him as a slot uh, I think he had maybe one year with him. Okay. If that if that's the guy you're comfortable. Okay, we got some breaking news. I just happened to check Twitter. Brad Biggs, mm-hmm. who is a perfectly fine reporter and reporter, and I think a basically dreadful analyst, <laughs> <laughs> says okay. QB Justin Fields was a full participant in practice today and was removed from the injury report. Now oh. you would definitely be in trouble for claiming he's hurt Sunday, I think. But anyway, he says he's all set to start. 
Okay. You heard it here first, folks. So when I post this in a couple hours. <laughs> Unless you have followed Brad Biggs, Adam Johns, Mark Grody, Ari Merov, Bears Communications, Patrick Finley, Courtney Cronin, Aaron Lemming, Daniel Greenberg, Jason Leeser, or Adam Hogue, Chris Emma. You heard it here first. <laughs> all, that's my whole feed right now. It's that's all that same mind. report. You never know. Fairly educated, getting it to you. That's Let's right. see who had it first. Like now, if Twitter's accurate, Chris Emma was the first to put the tweet out based huh? on the order I'm going. Like if I go in reverse, okay. but I don't really know. There's a bunch of them that are two minutes ago, and Brad Biggs is one minute ago, so he got whooped. Mm. They're all in the press room, like trying to get it out first, furiously typing. Yep. Hogue says just now, Brisker and Gordon are both out. They remain in concussion protocol. Yeah. There is a kudos to the Bears. They are definitely one of the teams taking concussions to the uh, important seriousness that they demand. I am glad that they're doing that. I, I Like we said, we don't really know as much on the fields thing because I don't know. I just I don't know what the medicals are saying. They haven't really talked directly about it besides fields the first time he met the press. But I like that they're not risking worse with the concussions. And yep. they did that with Borum before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good luck with the defense there. All right, well, be ugly. <laughs> with our breaking news segment over at the end of the pod, I will say thank you for listening. Tell a f- <laughs> Can you choke me? What? Sorry, Chris. I'm a terrible person. That insolent blackguard. Will you shut up, man? Do you watch football? I f***ing love the Bears.